The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. You know, a young man's senior year of high school is a very pivotal moment in his life because decisions made then about colleges and majors and considering the trades or evaluating military service set the trajectory for the remainder of his life. Chapter 7, Taking Dead Aim, in my book, covers that period in my own life. So if you want to learn more about my book, The Savage Path, A Memoir of Modern Masculinity, or order a copy, just visit my website at www.thesavagepath.com. The price of both the paperback and the Kindle version are reduced while we promote the book through this series on the show. For just four ninety nine, you can download the Kindle version. Last week, we discussed the importance of friendships, and I am so blessed to have remained in touch with numerous friends since my high school and college days. And my guest today is one of my pledge brothers from the Alpha Tau Omega fraternity days at Texas A&M. He and I were both born in San Angelo, Texas, so you could say that we were cut from the same cloth. He was a superb barefoot water skier back in our college days, competing at the national level. And he has been a small business owner for the last 27 years, developing online marketing assets and strategies at DonDoolin.com. My brother, Don Doolin, welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Howdy, brother David. Blessed to be here, sir. I think it was over 40 years ago that we were canoeing down the Guadalupe <laughs> River with yeah. our frat that we saw that rattlesnake swimming along beside us, and uh, I decided to scoop him up on the paddle, and you decided to, to grab him right by, behind the head. And I think he scared the heck out of all the little sisters and most people on the river that day, but but I always think about that when I think of Free David pending. Savage. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy stuff. It's a wonder we're still here, but we are, and it, it, it is blessed. To, uh, very blessed to be here today with you, David. It's, it's funny, I have... Several friends from Angelo, you know, we call mm-hmm. it Angelo. Yeah, yeah. And um, I have several friends from Angelo that uh, I'm, I'm friends with, and it, you know, it, it. I didn't know them back then. I was only born in in San Angelo, but mm-hmm. um, I've I kind of run into people, and it seems we have the same disposition and same demeanor and the same kind of uh, mental strategies, and so I think that's kind of a cool thing. It is. It's a West Texas. Uh Toughness, you know, just uh, rugged individualism, let's call it. Mm-hmm. But, Don, you know, help our listeners get to know you a little bit better by covering a little bit of your past uh, other than San Angelo. How you got into the technology business? Technology uh, is, is the end result of me being a uh, close to my both of my grandfathers. They both showed me how that they worked with their hands. Uh, my my mother's father uh, was a woodworker, and he, he did a lot of that. And and I spent hours uh, standing at his uh, his workbench watching him and, and him helping me do different things, woodworking. And my my father's father, uh, he was the mechanic. He he could put he could take apart and put anything back together. He was a he was a matter of fact. He was a, um, Air Force. He worked for the um, uh, Civil Service, but he worked at the 
uh, Piote Rattlesnake Bomber Base in Piote, Texas. Hmm. If you know where that is, that's I don't. Close yeah. to Monahans. Okay, I know but, where Monahans. Yeah, and that, that's where my dad graduated in class of six. But he was the mechanic out there, and he actually uh, they got to work on the Enola Gay at one point in time oh, when wow. it was through there, and they were decommissioning it. But uh, anyway, I, I got a lot of the, my technology uh, and, and tinkering kind of aspects from both my grandfathers. And so out, out there, you know, in, in that area, I, I never really lived in San Angelo. I was born there because we, we lived in a bunch of uh, small farming and ranching communities. Uh, both my parents were teachers. So we were, you know, the poor church mice kind of people <laughs> in the boondocks waiting to see what was next. Um, but we did move to the, uh, the great big metropolis of uh, Waco, Texas, for high school. So I thought we'd, you know, gone to the big city. Um, at that point, uh, you know, gone through high school, uh, you know, it, I went through the, the same struggles probably you did, and you know, uh, like I've got a, I've got an 18 year older right now. That's a that's a senior in high school, and he's he's definitely had his share of troubles over the last couple of years. You know, with COVID and some personal experiences he's had along those ways. Uh, but then um, after that, I headed off to Texas A&M. My dad said he wanted me to be an electrical engineer, and by gosh, that's what I was going to do. I didn't know any better. Just didn't have a whole lot of motivation for it. I just knew that that sounded like a really good deal to do, uh, according to him. So I took off for Texas A&M, and I had, had a, so much fun. They asked me to not come back uh, unless I went to summer school. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, brought my grades back up, man, I did, and I get, went right back. So uh, I, I found um, industrial distribution rather than electrical engineering, and that was my cup of tea. I loved industrial distribution. It, it took my personality, which you know, you know mm-hmm. who I am. I'm kind of kind of on the on that edge of uh, of craziness, but uh, I, I'm a salesman, and I, I like people, and that that's where I needed to be. And it, it was a good mix of engineering and and, uh, mar- and marketing to to really um, earn me a, a good place in in a position to where I could make you know make a living for myself and my family. Um, after that, I went into uh, worked for a wholesale distributor right out of college. And because we we were marketed very heavily by our department, so we we all, all everybody that graduated in ID uh, had great jobs. Um, then I, w- I went to work for one of my manufacturers. Um, the manufacturer bounced me around a little bit, and I ended up being the the youngest uh, district manager in the history of American Standard U.S. Plumbing Products in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at 29 years old. Um, then another opportunity came up with a friend I'd made uh, down here in Houston, and, and my wife's family at that point was from Houston, so it it uh, kept kept us uh, instead of going to maybe Brazil or Germany, uh, which was my next step with them. Uh, it kept me in the United States with our at that point three small children. So we, we moved back down here, and uh, and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, found the opportunity to buy a business. I had no idea how to run a business, but I knew how to sell. So I got into that business and uh, was an entrepreneur for a number of years, and um, found out you know at some point in time I was not a very good businessman, and it was just not doing well. So I, I did nothing basically for a year, uh, and then I found technology in the mid nineties. And that's that's back when really the the WWW kind of stuff, and that's not the world 
wrestling. Right, right. <laughs> it's the, the World Wide wrestling Web. Wrestling with the inner man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, it, it, uh, that was a time when the website started taking off, and, um, and I really fell in love with that. You know, I, I was always mechanical. I could put things together, and, and anything electrical, I could take it apart and put it back together. And so it, it uh, posed a, a, a really intriguing and really fun challenge for me, and that's, that's what I've been doing ever since. And, and that, of course, certainly has evolved into a wide array of, of products and services that we, we do provide now. So that, that's, you know. So as they say, the rest is history. The rest right? is yeah. history. <laughs> well, in Chapter 7, you know, I cover our college years when we were kind of struggling with those decisions and how we were going to launch, you know, from, uh, for life there. When we pledged HEO and, and how our first serious relationships with young women can have a huge influence, you know, on our decisions. So let, let me read a little excerpt here from uh, that chapter seven of the book. So in the fall semester of 1979, I began working part time for the civil engineering department, conducting the environmental impact study for the strategic petroleum reserve. I also pledged with the Alpha Tau Omega fraternity, which had just received its charter that semester at Texas A&M University. I found my tribe for the remainder of my college career and made many lifelong friends through the brotherhood of my fraternity. It felt like the fellowship I had enjoyed while working on the staff at Scout Camp. I also kept working at the university on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve Project until I graduated, adding to my surveying, adding to my surveying summer work at the highway department to build a strong civil engineering work history along with my education. But above all, I guarded my heart and focused on my mission, my work to do, that's because in the previous chapter, I talked about getting my heart broken. <laughs> in the spring of 1980, I applied for one of the coveted Ranger backpacking guide positions at Philmont. And when I received my offer letter stating that I had been chosen, I was ecstatic. It didn't pay very much, $310 a month, as I recall. <laughs> when I spoke with my parents, they told me I needed to earn more money because my sister, Terry, had gotten divorced and would be moving back in with her toddler and infant daughters. This news was devastating for me. Just to land the ranger job at Philmont was extraordinarily fortunate because something like 20,000 applications come in from across the country for the less than 200 positions. Now I had to write Philmont and say that I would not be able to come, most likely killing any future chance of working there in the process. Now how I handled this situation was an early test of true manhood. You don't have to live too long to understand that life has its disappointments. It is how we deal with them that reflects our true character. I sucked it up and returned to the survey crew at the highway department and tried to be there for my sister and nieces in their hour of need. I didn't know it at the time, but my brother Rick and even my parents, after 31 years, would also end their marriages and divorce in the coming two years. By the time I graduated from A&M in the spring of 1982, my very tender heart, which I had been carefully protecting, hardened to its core. This is where I began my real journey through the wilderness, and I decided... I was going to do it alone. So that's the excerpt there, Don. So tell me, you know, as, as a friend, I asked you to read this uh, actually when it was in its early form. What, what was going mm -hmm. through your mind when, when you first read, you know, that chapter in the, in, in the book? My uh, favorite uncle, L.D., used to call me Knothead. Now, I, I used to tell him, well, that's because there's so many ideas bouncing around in my head. It's putting dents from the inside. But the truth is, I really didn't have a clue about uh, relationships and respect for women at that point. You know, I, I just just out there on the edge, living the living the grand life and and all that. And you know, while you were you know, doing um, things with the strategic oil reserve, 
I was doing uh, an internship at a at a wholesale supply out in Odessa and 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 other areas where you know in, in Waco and and all. But we were both getting experience, and and um, unfortunately, I I didn't really have a lot of. I don't feel like I had a lot of guidance and 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 pathways there. I guess it's safe to say that my motivations weren't all wholesome back then, uh, which often causes deep reflection now. Um, thank God it does. I, I really didn't have a motivation other than the thought that my father wanted me to be an electrical engineer from Texas A&M. I made respectable grades, but not anywhere near the top of my class. I knew, I knew how to be polite, but the sincerity was sometimes lacking. Maybe even an Eddie Haskell kind of <laughs> narcissism uh, kind of deal. Uh, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, we watched Leave It the Beaver and all that kind of stuff when we were growing up. It was still available to, you know, young minds. <laughs> but uh, that, that's, I, mean, I had so many thoughts, David, about, you know, how, how I was reacting in the same time frame. Yeah. It was very interesting. You know, I'm sitting here remembering uh, another story about you getting your Bronco stuck and then kind of firing up a piece of heavy equipment and getting it stuck. And, well, we'll, we'll cover that later. But uh, we got in some trouble over that. But like the statute of limitations yeah. is up, so let's but, uh, talk about that. In the study guide, you know, in the back of the book, I reference Scripture to frame a small group discussion for each chapter. And for Chapter 7 is James 1, verses 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever troubles come your way, let it be an opportunity for joy, for when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. So, Don, when was a time in your life when troubles came and your endurance had a chance to grow? Well, we were chatting just a little while ago with Rick, and, and it, we were talking about troubles. And troubles are always always here. They're mm-hmm. always around us. I mean, that's that's the nature. God tells us that the troubles are here. They're everywhere, right. so it's how we deal with them, you know. And, and when we when we finally get to the point to where we know we can deal with them, and we can deal with them effectively, then then you know you, you've made headway. So I, I guess in retrospect of the time frame that we're talking about in our college years, um, there was a big trouble. Um, it was my senior year at, at Texas A and M, and um, had a few job offers, and I just lacked. Uh, a semester and, and a couple of courses uh, during the summer, and I was done. So I was we were I was flying all over the place, you know, looking at companies and and uh, and entertaining offers and, and things of that nature. And and got back at one point, and my my girlfriend said, "Oh, by the way, uh, I'm pregnant." Whoa! And I was like, uh, "Okay." So, you know, in, in all fairness, um, we probably would have gotten married anyway, but that sure as heck hurried things up, and, mm-hmm. and, and it and it uh, it it put a uh, an urgency in my head that okay, <laughs> David, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> you did kind of vanish, you know. I had us. to, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like uh, the the frat was no more. Right. My new frat was her. Right. In, in that baby. And so um, we we did get married. We finished school and I got my first job. And you know what? My firstborn child, she went to Texas A&M and she got her Ph.D. And she now she's um, she's a research science scientist that uh, that studies and, and is tackling spinal cord injury. 
Wow. So I can't say I regret any of that. You know, I may, I may have done it a little bit differently, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, the the people involved probably would concur. But that that was um, that was a chance to grow. Yeah, your endurance and, your endurance was built up for sure. And you know, she gave me a, a a sign at one point in time. It says, "Success is the intelligent use of mistakes," and I cherish that sign to to this day. Well, can you think of a time when a disappointment focused your energy on a goal? That's what you know. My disappointment was with my my broken relationship, and that really focused me, and I became real single minded on my goals. Yeah, I, I'd mentioned just a little bit ago about um, about a, a business that I was not a good businessman, and and at that point, I relied heavily on um, um, an account uh, type of person that was short of embezzling, but certainly not paying my nine forty one taxes <laughs> oh. and things like that. So, I, and the economy wasn't doing real good, and we were in a, a, a residential building kind of uh, business. So it was failing, and we ended up just closing it. And we, we had made enough money to where, I, like I said, I could kind of be off for a year and, and be okay. Uh, but I felt really bad, and I, I just kept feeling worse. So at one point in time, I was feeling so bad about myself and about where I was in life. that I ran away. <laughs> you know, three kids at home, a wife that had no idea, and I just left in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. I got I got in my Explorer and I took off, and um, I, di- I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I'd, I had to get out. I had to get out and and get out of my head, you know, and, and let God in. So I, I took a kind of a stroll through Central Texas and stopped here and spent the night. Stopped here and spent the night, and um, I ended up at the Pardonalis River, and I was was reading my Bible and I was thinking about lots of things and. There was things that I, that I that I really wanted to do, and I I actually baptized myself. I don't even know if that's possible, <laughs> and there's probably a lot of Baptist preachers right now fainting. But <laughs> I say that in jest. Um, but I did it, and I I felt so much different. Of course, when I got home, nobody felt different about me. <laughs> Where the heck have you been? <laughs> and you know, I laugh about it now, but it was so serious then, and. Um, so that, that's that's one of the times where um, I focused a big disappointment on energy for a goal. Um, the second time that I that I did this same type of thing was when I admitted I was an alcoholic, and I, I finally came to to uh, to know, hey, you know what? I can't handle alcohol. You know, I, I, I when I drink when I if I start drinking a beer, it's because I'm thirsty. And I just keep drinking them. And so I knew at that point that I just could not do it anymore. So with a lot of help from God and 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 different people and organizations, I got through that as well, David. Yeah. So what's the downside of being single-minded of purpose? <laughs> um, that's, that's a good one, too. You, you got some good questions. Thank you, David. I appreciate you putting me right <laughs> on the spot today. Uh, for me, it was, I, I guess, obsessive. I found myself doing anything to achieve a goal, regardless of the effect it may have had on on myself or others. I could I could justify anything uh, if I put my mind to it. It does. I think a lot of times we we do it to distract ourselves from what our real problems are. Absolutely. Um, so another thing that the 
I see, especially young men today, you know, is have a problem with finishing things or, or just quitting. Uh, so have you had that problem? What, you know, and why or why not? Uh, gosh, you know, I, I've never really been one to quit. I was always that all in guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was rushing the pastor at full speed, firing napalm <laughs> on the way. You know, I, I, I might have, I might have forced gumped a couple of times and run right <laughs> straight through the end zone. But, you know, uh, but I had a passion to succeed. I always did. There was, if there was something, you know, like my father said, when all, all my buddies were getting motorcycles in junior high, he says, well, oh, yeah, you can have one if you earn it. Well, I earned it. You know, I got mm-hmm. out there in a moat about a thousand yards and I, and I, and I did it. So I've never had the lack of passion to achieve. Unfortunately, I didn't have all the necessary mental guardrails to keep me centered. Yeah. Well, uh, how about some final thoughts, you know, suggestions to young men out there listening to this program? Ah, gosh, I, I do this daily with my boys. I've got uh, one that's 12 and one that's 18. And um, I don't think there's any ma- magic wand available any longer. I think they went out of production in 1975. <laughs> um, you know, I, I could be cliche and say that life is short, but I think those words are lost on the youth. They don't, they don't, they don't have a relative sense of time. Mm-hmm. So what I do tell them all the time is, um, and I give this to my sons pretty often, is that there's no substitution for work towards a goal, and there are consequences or rewards for everything that you do. That's it. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's all I, you know, I, I can really summarize and, and put it in a nutshell. Um, you know, I think reading your book and listening to your podcast has really helped me focus on that. And I, I'm very proud to be a, a part of the uh, of the this section of your um, a podcast on, on that particular section of the book. And I think you picked me aptly and maybe pointedly. Did you did you hunt me well, down? Yeah, for because this one? you know, you're like your pictures even in this chapter. And yeah. because to have people uh, in my life at that time, you know, that it was taking place and, and, and for you to share transparently about some of the struggle, you know, we have several of our fraternity brothers who've had alcohol issues and Clay Brown came and actually did a show here and it was called a, a redemption story. And so, mm-hmm. and some of those have been the most successful, but it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta deal with these and folks, everybody has problems. Everybody has struggles. People may have uh, gotten their girlfriend pregnant. I mean, these, these are the curveballs of life. And that's why we're going through the book chapter by chapter. That's why there's a study guide in the back. And that's why we're kind of modeling, you know, what that small group discussion would be like. Because I think too many people are just kind of in their uh, keyboards and computers and they don't have genuine relationships. I mean, that's really the only way you get through this stuff. Otherwise, you know, it's it's an island of loneliness. And, and I do think there is a lot of problems with quitting. I've had to have uh, discussions with with my three sons, you know, about that quite a bit. And, uh, I wouldn't let him quit. You know, I'm just said, you, you know, you've got to decide, you know, are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a victor in life and make your answer now, because that's how I'm going to treat you for the rest of it. And I really put them on the spot for that. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I'd like to, uh, close by thanking our sponsor prism specialties. You know, they are in the restoration business, which makes them, you know, a superb sponsor, uh, Call them to restore electronics, fabrics, artwork, or even documents. And once again, visit the website at www.thesavagepath.com to learn more. And let me just close in prayer for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for my brother Don Doolin for our 40-plus years of friendship. And for his uh, his testimony really is what it was here. And we're talking about the difficult things that 
we've dealt with in our life. But, you know, you get up, you brush yourself off, and you just keep going. And, and we can only do that when we turn to you because you are the one who really picks us up. And we just ask that you would be with every young man out there who might be struggling with these decisions, who might have uh, too few friends or might not even have a single friend. And we just pray that they could uh, find one another and that perhaps form a small group and use this study guide to uh, work through these others and have iron sharpen iron. In Christ's name, amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage. We believe the winners in this ring courageously follow God's word, love and protect God's woman, excel at God's work, batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.